Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, an unfiltered, behind-the-scenes, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav. And I'm Jason. We're the co-founders of Location Indie. And you may have noticed there was no timer in this episode, Trav. Yes, that's because once a month, we're going to be rolling out a very special bonus episode for you where we're highlighting one of our Location Indie members and their story of how they became location independent. We're going to be doing that today. So let's get into it. I'm so excited to welcome this month's Location Indie member of the month, Jillian. Amat. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm uh, pronouncing your last name correctly. Amat. <laughs> Amat. Darn it. <laughs> That's what I needed to ask you first before we started recording. Um, yeah, thanks so much. And of course, we got a, it's a community gathering here. So I'm looking at a bunch of faces on Zoom, which is the program we use. And um, I'm really excited to hear about your story because we've been trading emails for a while. And you have had some some even some sort of serendipitous run-ins with other location indie members in Central America. Um, but I wanted to hear first about how you got started uh, on this location-independent journey. Because I think for some people, it's, um, it's like they hear the term and, and all of a sudden it clicks. Or, or for some people, it's just sort of slow and research and kind of grinding. And I'm just curious, like, how, did that, how did that unfold for you? Um, for me, it was actually watching the minimalism documentary that okay. came out uh, uh, last year. Jan- I think I watched it January of 2016. Actually, okay. January 11th. <laughs> um, you remember the date. Nice. Yeah. Actually, sorry, it wasn't 2016. It was 2017. Was it? Yes. Yeah, 2017. Um, basically, I was watching it and... <laughs> I grew up traveling and I always dream about traveling and I had sort of gotten into the whole homeowner, get a job, get a career, get in debt, rut. And uh, time after time after time, I was dreaming of traveling and I was always like, how can I get, make this happen? I didn't want to go on two week vacations. I was you know, tired of doing that. And I just wanted to go for long lengths of time. And, and it, anytime I went for a bit of a long length of time, I'd end up in debt have to come home, pay everything off and struggle, struggle, struggle. And when you say you were stuck in the, in the, that grind of that, you know, two weeks off and kind of spending all the money on the trips and then having to remake it up and, and kind of going on that hamster wheel, if you will. Um, what were you doing professionally? Um, my partner and I had a business. He was a landscaper and I was a house painter. Okay. Uh, we're both well. So but, you know, art was always taking sort of the backseat because we were so busy trying to make a, a real living. You know how that goes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. Did you go to school for art or? No, no, I, I actually didn't discover my artistic side until I was 30. And that was another lightning bolt moment. So that's the story for another time. Well, I'm but, cur- um, how did that happen? Um. I took a pottery class that I'd been wanting to do since I was a kid. I begged my mom for pottery classes as a kid, and she's always said there wasn't any for kids available, and she kind of disregarded it. And at the age of 30, I moved to a town, and one of the first things I saw when I moved there was a poster at the rec center saying, adult pottery classes. And so I signed up, and the minute I got the clay in my hand, my whole future flashed before my eyes, and yeah, everything changed. (laughs) That's great. I mean, because I think it's so easy to separate art and business and these things. But I think 
that people that are on this track of location dependence and kind of creating this lifestyle in this way are it, it is an art and there's some artist there's artistic abilities that come with that and I think everybody's creative in the sense that if you're staking, taking a step back and creating your lifestyle you're you're also almost thinking of it like I think of it like you can be an artist with your own life in a way um, and I don't know did did any of your artistic ambitions like play into your motivation for traveling and being location independent um you know, when when we decided to do this, I wasn't even thinking about doing art. I just thought, you know, I just need to get rid of everything. We just need to get out there and we just need to figure it out when we get there. Yeah. And literally, yeah. I, like, I, I have lots of skills. We'll figure it out. Chris is also a tattoo artist, so he has his tattoo gear. So that was, you know, one thing that we could try to do to make some money. And, and I just had this feeling like we just need to go. We'll figure it out when we get there. And... I mean, a month into being location independent, I was suddenly like, oh, I actually have time to be an artist now. Why don't we try to make this work? Because <laughs> this is what I really want to do. So. Nice. So when you watch the Minimalist documentary, just going back to that, you mentioned that was January 7, um, 11th. You actually remember the date, 2017, <laughs> which was crazy enough, a, a year and a half ago. How long after that, was that a lightning bolt moment? Uh, the same as the, the pottery thing or or was it was it just getting your brain going in a different direction like what was it about minimalism in that movie specifically that caused you to take action well i mean i'd been saying for months we have too much junk we need to get rid of some of this junk and it was you know it was all this constant struggle of like we can't find things like our our tool kit and all of our tools was just like a heaping pile and we could never find a tool you know and so i was had been saying it for the longest time so i think just watching that documentary was like you just need to separate yourself from it and you just need to let it go you know you just need to do what's important to you and and make it happen. And, and it just inspired me to get started. And we literally, I mean, I, I said to Chris, you know, what do you think about this idea? And he's, he didn't grow up traveling at all. Um, we had been to, um, to Europe for six weeks in 2015, which set us into a bunch of debt. But um, I had to travel at that point. I was like, I have to go. I don't care. And then we were in Mexico a little bit, but he didn't grow up traveling. So, but thankfully he just said, that sounds like an awesome idea. Let's do it. So, so yeah, it was just, you know, one thing after another. <laughs> so was the idea to just say, hey, we're just going to get rid of all of our stuff and become nomads, essentially? Yeah, pretty much. We, um, I, there was a friend who was organizing a group garage sale in, I think, February or March. And I said to him, I said, Let's, that'll be our first thing to get rid of a lot of stuff. Let's just start packing things up. And then... February came and we started organizing things and we would just go walk through the house and just go, okay, this can go, that can go, this can go, that can go. And then February came and there was this huge snowstorm and they canceled the event. And I was just like, Oh, I was so devastated. But I said, you know what? I, I had been at that point after we made the decision, I started reading blogs and Googling, you know, people who are location independent and, um, I can't remember exactly whose article I read, but it said that you can sell a lot of stuff on Facebook. So I just started a personal um, album and I just started listing stuff for sale. And I told people what we were up to and friends were coming to the door. I mean, it's, it was insane. I mean, sometimes it was like eight people per day. I'd have to arrange pick up and drop offs with and whatever, but we just started and, and it just snowed really. 
What was the hardest part of that process? And maybe there's somebody here, some people here or some people listening that still have a lot of things to get rid of or they're in that process right now or about to start it. I see some hands and raising. Um, yeah. Could you give some tips and advice around minimalism and, and downsizing in order to freak yourself up in that way for, for this lifestyle? I mean, for us, it wasn't, it wasn't a struggle. I had my days where Chris would have to talk me down. I'd be like, what if we get to where we're going? And, and I start crying because we have nothing, you know, all this kind of thing. And he'd be like, no, no, it'll be fine. So of course there was fear along the way. And um, yeah, but it, at the end of the day, the goal was to get traveling. And we knew that if we wanted to do that properly, if we wanted to, you know, really experience countries and see the places and spend time in places, we had to get rid of our stuff. And that was just wasn't negotiable. So, yeah. so we just, yeah, you start with the easy stuff, just, you know, take the things that don't really matter. Maybe it was a gift somebody gave you that you don't really like, like, you know, take it to the thrift store or whatever. Um, give things away. I had a lot of things that were precious to us that I would give to specific friends that I knew would really appreciate them and enjoy them. So, you know, it's just a process. You have to go bit by bit. Yeah. I've never sold anything on Facebook actually, but sounds like that worked out pretty well for you. So it's an interesting strategy to use. At what point did you guys buy a plane ticket and, and commit to a place and actually going? At what point in this process? Um, we actually signed up for, uh, we wanted to house it. I had read that, that that was a good thing to do. And I was like, Oh, let's just sign up for, uh, we signed up for housecares.com to start with. And we signed up in, I think about February or March. And I thought, Oh, it's going to take us a year to get a gig. I mean, some people had, you know, naysayed it and been saying like, Oh, you know, those take forever and it's impossible to get into and all this stuff. And I thought, Oh, well, we'll just sign up and we'll go from there. And I mean, we, our original plan was kind of, it was going to take us a year and a half and then, and then it was going to take us a year and then <laughs> bit by bit, it was getting quicker and quicker. And then in April, um, a lady messaged me from healthcares.com and said, you sound like the perfect fit for my house sitting job in Costa Rica. Um, can you get here by September originally? And of course we're both, both of us had summer contracts and, and like, we just, yeah, it was too much. And so we said, you know, there's no way I can do September. I explained the whole situation. She said, well, we need someone till December. If I get someone from September for September, October, would you be able to do November, December? And I said, yes, we can make that happen. So it was just like nose to the grindstone. We also had to finish renovations. We had pulled our house apart and had been living in it half finished for three years. So we were renovating, finishing our work contracts, selling all of our stuff having we had six garage sales i think all together like it was a bit of chaos but we made it happen um and then thankfully uh, a friend of mine works for WestJet, which is a canadian airline and he gave us buddy passes so we flew standby so we didn't really book a flight we just sort of decided you know we needed to get there before november obviously it's funny how quickly things can happen or how quickly you can get things done when you're forced to right and that sounds like you put yourself in that situation a little bit, may maybe without too much trepidation or maybe not overthinking it, signing up for the house sitting site and thinking, well, this is going to take a while. And then next thing you know, bam, something comes in so quickly. But it sounds like you worked that to your advantage, just kind of using that as motivation to get everything done. Uh, on the money saving side, because this is a question a lot of people have when it comes to you know, either going nomadic or if you're going to leave your job or do everything like you've done, give up your possessions and, and all that stuff. Did you have a certain amount of money you wanted to save? Did you guys like not have a lot of money saved? And that's why you were doing the house sitting thing. Uh, 
what what was what were your thoughts there? Yeah, um, I mean, a lot. Part of this, the whole getting rid of everything and selling everything, also was a financial motivation. We were we were in debt. We needed to pay some stuff off, and and you know, I tell people now that I know, I mean, we were made, we were pulling in a thousand dollars a week sometimes on some of the things we were selling. So it was like, all of a sudden, all of this stuff became valuable and we could start paying things off. So really our motivation at that point was like, let's just get out of debt. Let's just pay all this stuff off. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Like we really, we really were planless. Uh, we just knew we needed to go and we knew that we weren't happy doing what we were doing and we needed to get off the hamster wheel and just breathe for a little while. So... Yeah. Just kept plugging away. <laughs> and house sitting something that I've talked to a lot of people about and I have never done it for an extended time like you have where you're you're using that as your primary accommodations essentially, right? I mean, it seems like that's what you guys have been doing. How can you talk about house sitting and maybe give some tips around that and and I don't want to give a too multi-tiered question here, but I really want to get your overall feelings on on house sitting first and then we can dive a little deeper into that. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've had a pretty great experience so far. Unfortunately, our house set was cut short in Nicaragua due to the political unrest that's happening there. But um, when we were, the first house set that we did was supposed to be two months. And we were about two weeks from finishing that when uh, one of the, um, it was like a cabina rental owner, two doors down, had to leave the town and he had three dogs. And so he said, when you guys are finished there, can you come come take care of my place and so that led into that one I mean we didn't really have a plan for the next place at that point we had been applying for a few jobs but hadn't been accepted so um so that worked out well so we were there until the middle of March uh and then in the meantime while we were there we applied for the house in Nicaragua and got it and so and then we went up to Nicaragua um it's been great I mean you know people for the most part are trusting and friendly and and accommodating and um, yeah, we're, you know, we've only done three, <laughs> so we're not professionals by any means, but, um, we're negotiating right now for one actually again here in Costa Rica for four months, which is kind of like, wait a minute, we're supposed to be traveling and now we're almost going to be in Costa Rica for a year. <laughs> we're, we're not a hundred percent sure if that's what we really want to do. But, um, we also have one in Guatemala that's booked for the end of November and we video messaged with her and she's really sweet and friendly and, and Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been great so far. It's funny you say that because that's where I'm going to go next with this. Um, but first, I just wanted to point out the cabana situation is a classic example of things that happen that can only happen once you're on the road, right? Like all these things that happen that once you put yourself out there, the path sort of un- unfolds. And yeah, it's easy to doubt, especially when you're just in website land. Hey, am I? Are we ever going to get another house? That is that going to work out? But you can never know that you're going to be down the street from somebody else who's going to need it. And those things you don't know until you're out there. Um, we had literally said the day before that we weren't ready to leave that beach. We were like, <laughs> nice. I'm not ready to leave. This is sad. <laughs> <laughs> the travel style you mentioned is, is different because you're slowing way down, right? This is not the, the backpacking, taking buses to different countries and, and running all around seeing a bunch of things. You're really stationary in, in one place. And it sounds like that can be either a pro or a con depending on where, where you're at in your journey and what it is that you prefer and, and all that good stuff. Um, it sounds like you're, you're starting to maybe question that and may, maybe wanting to shift uh, your travel style a little bit. But I'm just curious... That can be a good starting point, I think, for some of the pros and cons of house sitting. So if people, um, if you guys here, any of the community members or anybody's listening to this um, has considered that, what, what are some of the pros and cons in your opinion? 
Um, as far as being, as far as staying in one place for a long time, as far as using house sitting, because that, that seems to be par for the course. I know there are shorter house sits, but generally it seems like you, you do have to stay stationary for a while. And that's a different way of traveling than taking, you know, buses and trains every four or five days and, and seeing a bunch of different places. Right. I mean, the biggest bonus for me, for us, for sure, is becoming part of the community. I mean, you really get to know people, you learn the language, you, you know, you get to know your neighbors and, um, and become part of the, the landscape, I guess, of the country that you're visiting. So, yeah. so that's a lot of fun. I mean, in Nicaragua, we were smack dab in a tiny little Nika neighborhood and, you know, we were buying tortillas across the street for, for not even 10 cents a piece, I don't think, you know, fresh made that morning. And, you know, so you really become a part of that community, which is really great. Um, we have way too much stuff to backpack. <laughs> that's for sure. Whenever we have to move, it's like this big nightmare. But, uh, but yeah, I, we, I really like it better this way. I, I don't, I'm not much of a tourist. I mean, of course, there's the main sites sometimes you really need to go see. But for the most part, I really want to learn about the cultures and, and make friends around the world and, and build a global network is how I word it. Did you find it hard to slow down, slow your pace down or your mind down and get into this mindset of, um, hey, we don't really have a scheduled day today. We don't have to be anywhere specific. Hmm. I actually had a full-blown panic attack the first really? day to our house in Costa Rica. We were, um, we, it was a very remote area. Uh, so we're just like, but we were, I mean, 50 feet from the beach. It was absolutely spectacular. We were ecstatic to be there. But I was like, I'm just going to sit down and read a book. And I like, I read one page and then I'm just like, I can't do this every day for two months. I'm going to go crazy. Like, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? This is ridiculous. And, and really, like, really had to just have a self-talk and be like, wait a minute, you asked for this. You need to just calm down and take a deep breath and, and figure it out, you know, work on your artwork, work on things, you know, just you'll figure it out. Just don't get crazy. <laughs> but it didn't take long. We, uh, we adjusted, we adjusted well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how has that changed you as a person? Do you think? Oh man, I just, yeah, we're so thankful. I mean, our schedule is our schedule, you know, really for the most part, nobody's dictating what we have to do with our day. I mean, if we want to stay up till three in the morning and then sleep till noon, then that's what we do. And as artists, we're generally more creative at night. So, so sometimes that, that, that happens. Although some places like Costa Rica, everybody gets up at four in the morning, I think. So, so it's sometimes it depends on where you're going and, and the house set that we're supposed to go to has a caretaker that comes by at six o'clock every day. So I think, you know, that plays into our decision as to like whether or not that house set will, will work for us necessarily. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice. It's nice having your own schedule for sure. And, and uh, we work on what we want to work on and it's great. Well, tell us about your businesses and what you guys are working on and feel free to share your websites and everything like that so people can check them out. We'll drop the links in here as well. Sure. Well, I, I had an Etsy shop that I started in 2009 when only 15,000 people had Etsy shops. And uh, I sold a few things here and there over the years and my, my mediums have changed. At, when I discovered this whole artistic side of myself, I, I went absolutely crazy into like every medium I could get my hands on from stained glass to pottery to 
polymer clay to drawing and painting and anything I could. So it's always been a very scattered effort. I have never had the time to really put proper effort into it. So um, I went ahead and, and thought, oh, I, now I have time to get my Etsy shop going. And in the last couple of years, I've uh, discovered a program to design fractals. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term, but it's um, mathematical equations that repeat into infinity. And when you put them into computers, they come up with these crazy swirly patterns, which are really cool. Wow. And there's, um, <laughs> there's lots of websites nowadays where you can upload your artwork and they do what's called print on demand services. So for example, I would upload an image and it'll put it onto a tank top. And um, when somebody goes, and it's integrated to my Etsy shop with that company. So when somebody goes on my Etsy shop to purchase the item, the order goes directly to the company, they print the item, they ship it off, they charge my credit card for the amount, and then I get the, the profit from the customer on Etsy. So basically, it's hands-free. I just have to upload the design and then do all of my promoting. So so that's great. My um, website for that is now I have it as uh, www.jillianamat.com. So that goes straight to my Etsy page. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with this, the whole website and, uh, whether or not I specifically need a website for my arts artistic business. I definitely need a website for my traveling side. I also blog, um, under just some wandering.wordpress.com, uh, that I'm probably going to turn into a website, but I think I'll just keep my domain heading to my Etsy shop because I feel like less clicks is better when someone's buying something. <laughs> um, and Chris has started, he's a tattoo artist, so he's done a few tattoos, definitely. Um, it's not enough to support us, but he but he gets some work here and there. Um, and then he also is a um, animator, sorry, not an animator, he's a, can draw cartoons. What's the word for that? Illustrator. <laughs> illustrator, thank you. He's an illustrator. So he is set up account on Fiverr. So he can design people's tattoos, design, you know, do illustrations for books or cartoons or design characters for games or anything like that. So, yeah. Talk to me about the Etsy shop. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there are some people here that are curious as well, because I think that's such a great example of using a, an existing third party service, Etsy.com, where you can get a, sh you have an e commerce shop essentially that features your artwork, but you didn't have to do all of the building of a website and creating your own e commerce shop essentially. And then I think there are also other advantages uh, to be on a marketplace like that because people can find your stuff if they're searching in the marketplace and so on and so forth. Talk to us about the experience of uh, selling your artwork on, on Etsy. Is that, has it been, good? Would you recommend it to people if they're starting out or at any point in the journey? Uh, it, it's definitely work. It's a lot of work. I mean, it, it is basically <coughs> like setting up a website. You have to have the correct SEO search terms. You have to have, you know, pro proper descriptions. I'm constantly reviewing it and checking to see if if you know if it's set up properly for example i think i was telling you uh on the forum there that uh, about a month ago somebody um, messaged me and asked me what size one of my pillows was because i can also do uh, prints on home decor items and uh i was like it's in the description and it was the second person actually who had asked me and it was like it's in the description and so I didn't say that to them, obviously. I was nice and cordial, but I went into my listing and all of a sudden I was like, scroll, 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 scroll. Oh, it's way at the bottom. Wait a minute. That doesn't help people very much. So I had to take 360 listings and put the, the product information at the top of the listing and then have all of my other information below that. So, you know, it's a constant tweak. Um, now, right now I'm, I'm up 
because I don't have actual photos of me wearing the items, which, you know, quite often they say that's the photos are the most important thing on Etsy, proper photos. So now I'm doing some sort of graphic design stuff where I'm tweaking the photos a little bit, not just to make them look nicer and more attractive to people. So, you know, it's just sort of a constant game. Um, as far as success, I, I put in a lot of effort right at the beginning and I read a lot about learned as much as I could about SEO, SEO. I went on to the Etsy help forums, um, learned about all kinds of different marketing techniques and all this other stuff. So I really put in a lot of effort and, and I was, I've been successful, I think. I mean, you know, I'm only getting one sale every two or three days, but some people have Etsy shops for a year and never get a sale. So, so as far as I'm concerned, the effort that I put in is good and it's definitely snowballing. Um, I'm getting repeat customers now and people that, favorited items a month ago are buying and this kind of thing. So you have to stick it out. And, and I read that at the beginning that these things take six months, at least sometimes to get going, like even the SEO terms, I guess, Google, it takes them six months to recognize them or something. I, I mean, I, I don't know all the technical jargon, but, but I'm at the, about the six month mark now and I can see this taking off. It's, it's doing well. So. Congratulations. Um, how, how do you how else do you market it because it is on an existing site like this so you're not publishing you're, you're doing the seo of course but um is there are there other ways you drive traffic to your shop yeah um i'm very active on my facebook page um and also pinterest is huge uh one of the the um, pieces of advice i read was to try to get onto pinterest group boards so for the first first set of group boards, I actually went to Fiverr again. And there's actually people who are like, you know, pay me $5 and I'll invite you to five group boards or whatever their prices. So I did that at the beginning and got on some group boards, which has helped. Um, that was fashion specific. Now I've been invited. Now I'm getting so much traffic to my page. I'm starting to get invited to other group boards. So now I'm getting more avenues to, to market the home decor stuff and and that, and then of course, Instagram is a big one for me. I try to post on there at least every day, if not a couple times a day. Okay, so primarily social media and the visual social media, I guess, Instagram and and Pinterest are your two big big yes. winners for your shop. Nice. Yeah, and Etsy also has a built-in promoted listings um, um, app or whatever you want to call it. Um, basically, you pay any amount per day, uh, starting at one dollar, and then when somebody searches. Yeah, puts in your search terms, your items will pop up to the top or at least be on the first page of the search. So I, I get a lot of traffic from that. It doesn't necessarily turn into sales, but people are seeing stuff through there for sure. I actually turned it off a few days ago because I was like, this is a waste of money. It's not working. And I was like alarmed by <laughs> the reduction in traffic. Right. So, so that definitely does work too. Just experimentation with a lot of different things as well to figure out what works. And now you have the time to do it, I guess, because you're traveling. How has the house sitting been in terms of supporting your business? Because I've, I have heard that, I mean, at least for some people, if, if it's something you want to do, it can be a good way to bootstrap a business as well, because A, you're set up somewhere for a while and you're not running around. As you guys all know, when you're traveling around, sometimes it's a lot harder to get things done. Um, and you're also not paying a mortgage or a rent anymore. Did you guys sell, did you own a house? Did you sell your house? Yeah, we owned it. <clears throat> okay. We sold it. <laughs> okay. So we didn't, we didn't make a ton off of it though, unfortunately. We uh, basically poured all our money back into the renovations, but yeah. it's gone. <laughs> but you're basically living mortgage and rent free, essentially. Yeah. 
and buying 10 cent tortillas or you were, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> for a while. Yeah. yeah. Costa Rica is a little more expensive. <laughs> so, I mean, have you found that has removed some of the stress around getting the business going for you or? Uh, definitely. I mean, yeah, just, just the amount of time I think, and just effort put into trying to manage finances before was to me astronomical. And, um, the, the clarity I have in my brain now, I mean, there's no way I, I would have been able to get my Etsy shop going the way that I've been getting it going, having the responsibilities that I had back home. It was just, um, it was just a constant crush and it was just too much all the time. So, so yeah. now we, yeah, we have the freedom to, you know, it, it's basically if, if we make 20 or $30, it's like, Oh, there's, you know, that's 20 or $30. It's not going to paying off debt or whatever. It's, it's living money. Yeah, this is the chicken and egg conundrum when it comes mm-hmm. to the location independent launching the location independent business, right? If you're able to do what Jillian's done, then you can set yourself up to have the time to do it. But then what is that magic number, right? What do you what do you have in the bank? What do you need to be comfortable? And this is a question I don't think anybody can answer, but it sounds like this path has worked for you and you're satisfied with the way things have gone. How long do you think you'll do this in terms of being nomadic? You know, there's a lot of places to see out there. Yeah. <laughs> so we we have no plans. I mean, when we were back in Canada, we really got fascinated with uh, Uruguay. So I think at some point we'll we'll try to slink our way down there slowly and, and see if we can find opportunities along the way to get us down to Uruguay. But um, there's so much to see. I mean, we really want to do a, a good few stint in Europe, but uh, we're refusing to go to Europe until we're really making good money because <laughs> right. it's a bit expensive. Um, so, but yeah, we really have no plans at this point. We're just, we're trying to take it day by day as much as we can. And, um, and, and we're both very thankful that we've made this decision. We have no regrets at all. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, having spent all this time in Central America, what do you think is a realistic number for people who might go down there to, uh, to expect if they were doing something similar to you, where they maybe are getting house sitting or doing some budget accommodations for for a little while, or maybe a little bit of mix of both? Um, do you find that there's a, a range that you're spending per month? Um, in Nicaragua, <laughs> while we were house sitting, we were looking at probably 400 to $500 a month for both of us. It was, I mean, we were shopping from the local markets. We were buying our 10 cents tortillas. We were doing everything as cheap as we can. But even the local restaurants, I mean, Greg was visiting us, Greg and Alyssa, we went out for dinner and it was like, you know, we all had drinks. We all had a great meal and it was like maybe $20, you know? So, so it's, it's, it's crazy cheap, but you know, unfortunately Costa Rica is not that. I would say Costa Rica is at least double that amount if you have free accommodation. So you're looking at um, 900 to probably $1,200 a month um, just for food. Uh, and I don't recommend eating out. I mean, you can still eat pretty cheaply here, um, but definitely not if you're eating out. All the restaurants are quite expensive. And yeah, we, we try to just live as simply as possible. And right now we're staying in a hostel and we're actually painting a mural for them in exchange for our accommodation for the next couple of weeks. So that's nice. nice. Um, and we have a kitchen to cook in. So that's, that's kind of one of our requirements. We, we always seek out a kitchen where we can cook our own food and, and that keeps costs low for sure. When it comes to balancing the, the day, how do you, do you guys have any hard and set rules on how much time you can spend on the beach versus working? How have you managed that, that whole dynamic? 
Um, normally we sort of tackle projects in the morning and get things out of the way or, you know, get them out of the way by one or two o'clock and then, and then we'll go to the beach and roam around and do a few things. We actually have, um, a couple from Canada, uh, that are friends of mine from Canada have a bar here in town. Not that we're going to the bar all the time, but we've been visiting with them as well. So, but yeah, we normally, I would say our actual work is probably three, three to four hours a day, maybe some days, obviously none, but, but yeah, we just, we just play it by ear. We don't over plan too much. You've run into some other location knee members around <laughs> there. Can you talk about that? I just want to hear that story because I know I know it a bit, but I actually haven't heard the whole story. How did that go down? Okay, so we were. It was actually it was a funny day. So we were um, house sitting in a town called Matapalo, which is about half an hour north of Dominical, which is a really popular tourist destination in southern Costa Rica, and. Uh, I think we'd been house sitting for a couple of weeks at that point and we were just bored one day and we're like, let's just go to Dominical. You know, we didn't really have any reason to go. And of course the entire town is overinflated and everything costs a fortune. And the next thing we knew we'd spent like waste like $60 or something. And, and we were at the end of the day, we were just like sitting there waiting for the bus going like, why the hell did we do this? What a waste of money. This was stupid. I don't know why we even left the beach and all this and just like sort of being hard on ourselves. And we get on, we're waiting for the bus and there's these two other guys and um, we get on the bus and uh, actually we just sort of started chatting quickly before we got on the bus. So then we get on the bus and I started talking to Jonathan Santiago and, uh, and just saying, he was asking us, you know, how we got into house sitting and how, uh, how we got location independent or how we did this and that. And I said, Oh, you know, um, I told him the story. And then I said, I, and I also started listening to zero to travel podcasts. Um, afterwards, I started researching all the, all the location and neat stuff that I could. And uh, he said, Oh, I actually know that guy. And I'm just like, Oh wow, really? He's like, yeah, I just talked to him on- online the other day. <laughs> so he started telling me there's this location in the network. And um, anyways, we kept in touch and, and we were just, it was hilarious. Cause we only had like 10 minutes to talk and then we had to get off the bus, but we exchanged uh, contact information and, um, we went back and forth a little bit and then he was trying to create a meetup in Costa Rica because there was uh, two other members in Costa Rica at the time or two members, uh, Greg, and I'm not sure who the other guy was, sorry. But, um, anyways, it couldn't, he couldn't get it to happen, couldn't get it to happen, but he did con- get Greg and I in touch. And then Greg and Alyssa were actually house sitting near Uvida, which is only like an hour South. And at some point, Greg's, Greg emailed me and said, you know, we're thinking of doing a day trip to come visit you. Do you mind? And I was just like, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> and so in the meantime, I had signed up for the location in the website and I thought I was a member. <laughs> like I really had no idea what I was doing, obviously. And so I told Greg I was a location any member and I'm sure he was totally confused by that. But anyway, um, next thing I know, January rolls around. We had a great visit. It was awesome to meet them. But then January rolled around and I got the email to sign up and I was like, oh, okay, this is what being a location any member means. So, and we signed up. Um, and then, you know, uh, Greg and Alyssa were around and we were going to try to hook up again, but then they had to leave their their position in Uvita due to uh, unforeseen circumstances. So they ended up going up to Nicaragua. And I said, well, we're going to be coming up to Nicaragua at some point. We'll get in touch. So we kept in touch back and forth. And then all of a sudden, and we told them when we arrived in Rivas, and we said, we have the house, you know, come visit us. And all of a sudden one day we got a message from them. They had been um, 
through some of the political unrest and they just needed a place to crash for the night. And we were really, they were only five minutes away from us. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Here's the address coming by. So they came and spent two nights with us and we got to know them a lot better and which was pretty cool. So yeah, it's nice to have those networks. (laughs) (laughs) While Greg and Alyssa were visiting me, Jonathan Santiago messaged me on Instagram about something and just said, you know, I hope everything's okay in Nicaragua, blah, blah, blah. I've heard about the unrest. And I said, yeah, I said, as a matter of fact, Greg and Alyssa are here with us right now and he's just like oh no way I said they're heading to Colombia in a in a few days and and uh he wrote back he said where I said Medellin he goes oh that's where I am and so they actually and they had never actually met and so they went to Medellin and they actually connected with Jonathan Santiago like two days later in Medellin so there's a weird little all the world network <laughs> And I'm seeing Greg here shaking his head like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) verifying it. Uh, No, that's great. I mean, it's I love to hear the stories of people out there in the world just meeting up like this. How much has it helped you to be a part of the community? Uh, It's it's really helped a lot. I, I, I didn't realize growing up in a small town, I did a lot of traveling as a kid and it got to the point where I just stopped telling people that I was traveling because people didn't understand. And they just looked at me as a rich girl and where are you going next? And, and, you know, I sort of got teased a bit as a kid. And so I've done, you know, some amazing stuff and, and this whole life I had created for myself in my thirties, I didn't tell anyone that I had traveled and, and I sort of like was living this false persona of like, Oh yeah, I want to own a house and a business and be a normal citizen. Um, so getting away from that and then finding you guys and having sort of my little online group, um, connecting with Cassie and Nate and Andrew Stewart has been really great. And of course, seeing Greg and Alyssa and, and just knowing that, you know, I can sit and, and talk about where I've traveled and nobody's threatened by it or judges it or whatever. It's just, it's a great feeling. And, and yeah, everybody gets it. You know, they, they really understand what we're up to. So it is nice to have that support, even though it's not, we can't touch each other necessarily all the time, but we can see each other's faces and chat, which is, which is a luxury of today's technology. We're so fortunate. <laughs> for sure. You know, last question I just have to ask because this is pretty fresh for you going from the lifestyle you were living before, which is more of a, I guess, for lack of a better term, traditional lifestyle versus now been living in Central America, doing the whole nomadic thing, trying to build the location, building the location independent business actually, and seeing that you know working and starting to take off and you've put the time in and living the day-to-day life of the reality of this lifestyle where like you talked about in the beginning, having the first freak out when you're reading the first page of the book and being like, oh my God, like, is this my life? Is this the right thing? And this is your life now and you've been living it for this whole entire year. I mean, it sounds like you went and in November. So it's been how many months now? Is uh, eight, eight months or so? Eight. Is that right? Yeah. It sounds like you have no regrets, like you said, but I mean, what is the best part ab- about it? I mean, the, the travel, of course, is, is always the most exciting part for me, going yeah. from place to place and seeing the spot. And, and that's, you know, where this next job that we're considering is four months in one place. And, and it's, it's a wrestle because financially it makes sense for us to just not travel very far to go to the next place. So we can just, you know, tr- take a $6 bus to the next spot and, and just sort of keep working on our businesses and, and start getting income stream happening a little bit better. So it makes sense. But at the same time, I'm just like four months in one place and then almost a year in Costa Rica. It's like, wait a minute, we're, we're supposed to be traveling, you know? So, so it, it, 
traveling to me is the best part. I love seeing new places. I love looking around new corners. I love when everything's new and exciting, trying new food, meeting new people, learning about the cultures. That's, that's absolutely the best part. So, so right now with us, that's a little bit of a wrestle, but we do know that in the future there will be more. <laughs> um, but yeah, just having the freedom, you know, it's just uh, nobody's dictating our time and we just have the freedom to do what we want when we want to do it. And, and there's no better gift than that. Is there anything you miss from, from the old way? Mm, cheese <laughs> <laughs> good cheese <laughs> uh, and, and good wine uh, there's there, yeah i mean there's there's things like that but um it's yeah chris is saying poutine which is our one of our canadian delicacies yeah right um but nothing nothing about the lifestyle i mean we had a great community where we left we both loved the community it was so supportive. Everybody grew gardens and we all ate organically and, you know, all of that sort of perfect little lifestyle. So, so there's days where, you know, it's, it's, I do miss that community a little bit, but they're on Facebook, you know, I mean, again, the the beauty of technology is like, you want to see somebody there they are and and we can follow people and and we're closely in touch with our family. And, you know, so, so no, we don't really miss anything. Well, if you go back in like four or five years or whatever, they'll still be there. You can, yeah. you can just reintegrate right in again. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share your story and what it's been like for you and in such an open and honest way. And just congratulations on, Oh, thank you. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy to kind of gloss over the fact. I mean, you think about all of the work you put in to get to this point and where you are to getting rid of all of your things and having to let go of those things, not only physically, but emotionally and do everything it takes to actually make it happen, taking action, getting the house sits, going with it, not backing out, even though it might've been too soon and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot and it's a testament to your character and, and what you've done in, in such a short amount of time, really. So we were really thrilled to feature you as the member of the month this month. So thank oh, well, you. Thank you so much. I mean, so I, I was just saying to myself, like, I need to get into the, to the mighty networks and, and chat with people more. I haven't been involved enough. And then Casey sends me a message and says that I'm a member of the month because of my involvement. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm doing all right. But, um, thank you so much for, you know, creating all of this and, and really um, your podcast definitely helped edge us along. I'd be painting walls and listening to your podcast, like back to back episodes, eight hours a day, motivating us to keep going. So really um, what you guys have created is amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for the kind words. And um, check out Jillian's Etsy shop, Jillian Amat and A M A T T dot com. And that just directs you right to the Etsy shop right now. So go put in a mathematical equation or something, get something cool. <laughs> I think I'm going to check that out because I'm a, I get kind of geeky on the physics math stuff. So thanks again. Thank you for joining us today on our very special monthly bonus episode where we highlight a Location Indie member and their story. If you're interested in joining Location Indie and learning more about what goes on in our community, check us out at locationindie.com. You can hop on the newsletter and be the first to know when the community opens up again. We'll chat with you soon. See you next time. Peace.